Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Welcome to episode 12 of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Will. And here we are a couple days after Christmas. Indeed. If you celebrated Christmas, we hope you had a great holiday. And are ready to greet the new year next week on Friday. It's exciting. Yeah, this is the final episode of 2015. Yeah. Uh, Crazy, right? I know. And we've done 12. for Yeah, well, it's kind of amazing because, well, we've got 12 episodes under our belt. I still don't feel like we really have a strong grasp of how to do this yet, but... People, people seem to kind of like it, yeah, though. We yeah. get a little more... Last week with uh, our episode where we just kind of talked amongst ourselves yeah, um, was our highest downloaded episode yet. Yeehaw! Um, Thank you everyone who listened yeah. to last week. Listen to us kind of babble on about various bits. Holidays and, and other little things and yeah. Crazy stuff. It was crazy. Um, we're not going to chatter quite as much this week because we've got an excellent interview with Poppy Dennison coming up shortly. So... Uh, one thing I do want to take a moment to talk about, though, um, for the last couple episodes, we've talked about the fundraising going on for Eric Arvin uh, for his quadrizer and some other um, expenses that he has. I've joined in with a multi-author giveaway uh, that Sarah York has spearheaded. Uh, there are a ton of awesome prizes, autographed paperbacks from many authors, um, oftentimes giving away entire series of books. Um, there's at least one Kindle, I think, up as part of this giveaway. Uh, all you have to do to get in it is pl- is donate $25 to Eric's cause, and then you're into the raffle copter giveaway. Uh, we're going to have complete details linked up in the show notes. I encourage you to go over to the blog post that Sarah has, check out the prizes, and give $25 uh, to this great and worthy cause. Uh, I have put in uh, signed paperbacks of the Hat Trick Trilogy. This is the only, This is the second time that I've given away the entire set of paperbacks signed. Uh, so they don't happen that often. So if you're a hat trick fan at all and want those paperbacks, here's your chance to get them um, for a low price if that's all you're going for because um, they don't they retail for for more than $25. So we hope you'll check that out. Uh, rolling into uh, question of the week from last week. We yes. asked everybody what was your favorite MM book of 2015 and why? Uh, Denise said that, what uh, caught her attention for the for the year is Carry the Ocean by Heidi Cullinan. Uh, she said it was a great read, showing that people with depression and autism are just that, people. It entertained, educated, and inspired her. Sounds nice. Um, Jillian wrote in and said that she enjoyed Alex Gabriel's Still Waters, which was written as part of the Don't Read in the Closet event uh, that Goodreads, the Goodreads MM Romance Group runs every year. She mentions that it's free, and it's short, and it's full of good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. That sounds good. Yeah. And then Trix came and said that while she doesn't read much sci-fi, she was really surprised at how much she loved Addie Landers. I may have butchered that badly. Uh, the Clockwork Kraken, and that's a great title. Uh, the world building is really intriguing, and a potentially off-putting aspect, which is one hero has tentacles, is treated in a way that's very tasteful. Sweet, It's sweetly humorous and touching, which sounds great. You can check out all of the answers that we got um, as part of this week's show notes. Yeah, so check that out. Um, up next, 
we had the chance to talk with author extraordinaire Poppy Dennison. Um, the primary um, reason for the interview was to talk about Dream Spinner Press's upcoming line of romance uh, paperbacks, Dream Spun Desires. Now, Poppy is the marketing director uh, mm-hmm. for Dream Spinner Press, so she's got the 411, <laughs> as they say. Uh, so, um, yeah, without further ado, let's get to that interview. So we're excited to have Poppy Dennison with us on the podcast today. Welcome, Poppy. Thank you. Happy to be here. She is Dream Spinner Press's marketing director and also an author in her own right. And we wanted to get her on the show to talk about Dream Spun Desires, which starts up in January, which as this podcast comes out is just a few days away. Yes, yes. Very exciting. This has been a labor of love for me. Um, the first real project that I've been able to kind of claim as my own since I've been Dream Spinner's marketing director, and I'm just so proud. I'm so excited. Well, tell us how it started, what it, where it came about from. Well, I have been a reader of Harlequin romances since I started reading romance, and I used to, the, the first ones that I read, I would sneak them from my mom's box, because my mom always, my mom got lots of Harlequins, and she would have this, these boxes and I would go and I would sneak, right? And I would be very sneaky and I would read Harlequin. So that was where my real love of romance and romantic fiction came from. And as I, as I grew, as you do, you stop reading those, you move on to more, you know, in-depth novels or different types. I started reading paranormal and urban fantasy and different things. But there was always something missing that sort of like, it's like a refreshment almost with category romances. There's, you don't have to worry about somebody dying or somebody that it's just happy and you just smile by the time you're done. And I realized that I missed that. And so I always was looking and I would go through the catalog of different publishers and dream spinner included and say, where are those kind of guaranteed happy endings, you know? And there just really wasn't a way to find them. You would stumble across them or you would get recommendations. And randomly enough at at the RT convention in May, I was having lunch with several of our authors and they were talking about how heavy it is to write a a lot of the novels that they write. They're full of that sort of angst and they're full of drama and they're full of uh, what I like to call man pain. So they're just so heavy and, and, I said, well, let's let's write something lighter. Let let's do a palate cleanser in between that heaviness and write me a happy, you know. And they were like, can we do that? And I was like, yes, you can. And I basically double dog dared the authors that I was having lunch with to write me a category style romance because you know that's what I wanted to read. And I was very fortunate that they all were they were all on board. Um, and, and six months later. <laughs> There, the, the line will launch. So it, it's been, I'll say it'll be seven months from May to January. The first book comes out seven months later. It's been amazing. It's been amazing. That's really quick. <laughs> seven months from inception to first. Yes, first but when Elizabeth North says that she wants something, I make it happen. And she was so enthusiastic about the idea for that. Anybody who doesn't know Elizabeth North is the executive director of Dream Spinner Press and my boss lady. And she just absolutely loved the idea too, because I think that we both realize that readers want at that a way to find those titles. 
And this was the perfect way to be able to give them that, you know, if you are looking for this, Dreams, Fun, Desires is where you're going to go, is where you're going to find it. And we, we, <clears throat> we're very lucky that some of the authors who were there with us at RT had like immediately were able to have books in mind or they had something that they had already started that they were like, whoa, whoa, if I just change this and this, I can make this happen. And they did. Within six to eight weeks, I actually had manuscripts in hand after RT. That was pretty, pretty quick. <laughs> That's impressive. So Our authors are amazing, I tell you. <laughs> um, Poppy, um, now I know that a lot of readers of uh, gay or MM romances start out reading things like Harlequin and you often hear uh, sometimes that they they move on to gay romance because well i mean there are various different reasons but they get they get you know sick of maybe certain tropes in straight romance or the perceived inequality inequality between the hero and the heroine and they kind of find the the mm genre refreshing and fun and new um, what do you think is Dreamspun Desires marketed specifically to those people or what, what was your thinking behind it other than just, you know, maybe, you know, having some, you know, category fun, how, how have you, um, marketed it and, and put it out into the, the community? What, what my, my vision for these books is to give folks who have never read a gay romance a safe place to try one. Okay. It yeah. seems like a great bridge for me, if that makes sense. If you're familiar with Harlequin romances and you know what to expect from a Harlequin, it's real easy to kind of cross that bridge into reading a gay romance in that sort of category style. There, there's a bit of a, a comfort level to it. It's that warm, fuzzy blanket. And I really wanted readers who had never tried gay romance, gay romance to have that sort of, I'm going to be okay to give these books a try. It's going to be um, a safe place. And even if I find out it's not for me, I, and, and that's, that's going to happen for some folks are going to be like, no, that, that's not really what, for, what I wanted. But it's not going to be anything that they feel like is too out there or over the top or really just honestly back to man pain. It's not going to be that real heavy, you know, that a lot of books have. This is a, just a safe place with a very traditional style romance to sort of help climb that bridge. Yeah. yeah. Does, that, does that answer your question? Yeah, it okay. does. Um, how, so going off of that, what can, what can uh, readers expect with this new line? Um, what 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 would you compare it to uh, in in Harlequin speak per se? What what, what would is it like going to be like a you know Harlequin presents with you know lots of you know Greek billionaires or what what can we expect? <laughs> we actually have a title that we just contracted that is called the Greek Tycoon's Green Card Groom. <laughs> that'll be it'll be awesome it'll be out in the um in the summer um but yes it's gonna it, we're gonna capture a lot of those original things 
um, the, you know, the, the sort of standards in, in Harlequins. We have um, cattle barons, we have millionaire bosses and secretaries, we have, you know, marrying the nanny and the, you know, lots of, lots of those really fun tropes. And really, you know, now that gay marriage is legal, a lot of those fun things we can actually make happen in reality. You know, there's, there's, there's that sort of fun now to it where it's legal. We can have a wedding by golly, if we want one. And I just love, that makes me so happy. You just don't know. I mean, it's just, it's just so nice to be able to have those sort of moments that I, I've loved reading for years in Harlequin. And now they're, you know, we can read them too. It's very happy. It makes me very happy. What's the reaction been from the standard dream spinner reader who, you know, has just, you know, been with the dream spinner catalog for, you know, six months or a year or long or much longer now who are, are used to like the man pain books as you put it. Oh, right. Love the man pain. Um, they've, they've been thrilled. I mean, the response has been really overwhelmingly positive. And even the folks that have been like, wait a minute, you're going to do old school? Like what? Like, but then they're like, wait a minute. You mean I can, I can read like whatever insert my secret trope is here, you know, whether it be rock stars or secret babies or, you know, that forced marriage or a rank, whatever your sort of like go to like guilty pleasure trope is. People have been like, wait a minute that's good. Whoa. Oh, that's, a, that's good. And then they get excited because they were, you know, so many of us, again, we grew up. That's what we, that's how we started reading romance. So they're excited. They're excited. I mean, this one right here for had his Harlequin subscription for a while. Yeah. And I read some yeah, of those. Me too. I've got a stack sitting right here on my desk, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and he's already subscribed for his Christmas present to get Dreamspun Desires, too. I love okay. it. I'm so excited. So excited. I got the paperback subscription myself because, honestly, we made the deal too good to be true. And I even couldn't resist, which is saying something. Because <laughs> you can imagine the volume of books that cross my desk in a year, but I couldn't resist. I absolutely could not resist. So I'm very excited. How's. Obviously, you can't delve into to numbers per se, but how has the reaction to the subscription been? Because that's very new for our genre. It's been great. It's been great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. Well, I don't know. I don't. I haven't actually looked today. I've, um, but it was, I think, number three on the Dream Spinner bestseller list for the subscription, which is which was pretty amazing, and especially considering the. The authors with the who are above us in that list, I'm I'm very happy to be in that company. So it's it's been an amazing response, and I think that it's going to continue to grow as readers kind of realize, oh wait, this I I can do this, and you know, in the holidays it's a little bit of a busy time of year, but I I think that once the once it catches on a little more, we're just going to continue to see more and more people sign up for the subscription. It, we've made it a deal that's kind of too good to be true, but it's it's really what we're doing. We we really want to give folks a chance to to read these. So. Yeah, it's very cool to see the paperback subscription too, because we're both kind of still addicted to paperback books and you know, physical books in general. I don't know if you can see, I've got <laughs> bookcase number one of five is right behind me, but yes, I, there's something about holding that book in my hand. Um, I read a lot at night before I go to bed and I, I don't want electronics. I want to hold a book 
and you know have my little reading lamp on and it's just a great way to sort of wind down at the end of the day and I don't want to have a gadget that's going to beep at me or blurp at me or the battery's going to die I mean I want I want that book in my hand so yeah there's always at least one paperback open on my nightstand I'm always in the middle of one at least sometimes more than that but at least one from the author side of the equation what how would you describe more than you have already because you've given us a fair insight into it what a dream spun desire is if I'm a writer wanting to sit down and write it that's you know beyond just having a happy ending and taking out kind of the the man pain quotient of it how would you describe You've given me a new favorite word, I think, yeah. It could be your new favorite. That's okay. Um, actually, I think I have to give um, Terry Michaels credit for the man pain. It was um, a few weeks ago, I was at an event, and she was teaching a class, and she was discussing man pain. So, you know, shout out to Terry Michaels. Um, I think that what's different about these is this is very romance-driven. Um, a lot of um, romance novels in general these days, there's a lot of different plots going on. There's a lot of different subplots, and lots of different characters and world building and all of those important things. And that's important also in, in a, in a category romance, but the romance is always front and center. So whereas in a typical romance from dream spinner, you can, you know, kind of have some side things going on or some things going on that aren't directly related to the couple coming together for the happily ever after. And, a dream spun desires book it's really all about the journey to that happily ever after so a lot of that the subplots that, that sort of make the story big are really focused down so the romance is the most important element does that does that help does that make sense yeah, i think so i think so <laughs> it's all about the romance when it comes to this new line are they all gonna essentially be contemporary or are is the line eventually going to explore um other 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 subgenres like you know maybe paranormal or historical or other other classic harlequin type um uh genres well i i'm torn i'm torn the answer to that is maybe okay. <laughs> I, I, okay. really don't, I really don't know yet i mean I, it, the subject has come up, I mean, there is discussion taking place sort of behind the scenes and in the ranks of, of the Dream Spinner, you know, family. But I think for right now, I really want to keep the focus on that traditional style. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps if we do expand, I may look into doing some romantic suspense because I think that's also a really good bridge. But I think it, I mean, definitely the first year, first year I already have, it's booked in the bank done. It's all going to be contemporary. Um, and probably I would say into 2017 as well, I'm going to keep it really focused, but that depends on reader response. If I, if, you know, if I get readers and if your listeners, if you want romantic suspense, if you want historical in this style, let me know. And if I get enough readers, you know, knocking on my door saying, gimme, gimme, I'll make it happen. As, as, as this has shown, I can make things happen. We just, you know, I just need to know what the readers want. And then, you know, when, that's one great thing about our, our genre is that our readers aren't afraid to tell us what they want. So I, I do, you know, definitely want to hear their input. 
And it's impressive, again, how fast you turn that, too. I can't imagine anything happening in Stephen Munson traditional publishing. Mm. Well, it's one of those things that it, it sort of happened, the, the speed of it actually happened quite by accident. Um, so we had our lunch that day at RT that I mentioned earlier. And there were, I think there were six of us at that lunch. I'm pretty sure there were six of us who had lunch together. And everybody was on board. And and basically, like I said, I basically just double dog dared them. And they were just doing this for me. And it was sort of going to be, I was going to be their cheerleader and their champion and, and help them out and, you know, make make sure they were keeping the angst and man pain out of the, the picture. And so then the, they left, you know, they left lunch and, and this author would tell their friends and then they, this author would tell their friends and this author would, by the end of the day, I had 18 authors. <laughs> um, coming up to me and saying, "Get! I want to be on the challenge too. I want to. You challenge me too." And it started with basically, I was going to pick what trope I wanted, and then they were going to write it for me. And it was going to be a game. And really, it started as a game. But at the end of the evening, with eighteen people signed up, I sort of had to go to Elizabeth and say, "So, um, I might possibly sort of have committed us to eighteen books." <laughs> Uh, love you. <laughs> she just sort of laughed. But I told her about the idea, and, and and we both just sort of got really energized about it. And when the so it, you know, I immediately started working on the marketing end of things, cover design, art, art, not you know, all that fun stuff that goes into it. But the books started coming in because I think that when you're at an event with readers and other authors, you get this boost of energy and creative energy, and just like just you there's something that it refills you. So I think that the authors who were there really were just like so powered up and energized that they, they wrote the books really fast. And that's really what made it happen was our authors. I mean, I can't take the credit for making it happen that fast. And then we have an amazing editing team at Dream Spinner who like sort of gave me the, the dirty look and, and, you know, shook their finger. But they made it happen, too, because they realized as well that there was this when something gets this much energy and this much like just positive flow and everybody wants to jump on board and make it happen. So, I mean, our art department, I mean, Paul Richmond, who is just brilliant. He immediately started working on some fun cover designs and, Oh, what if we did this? And what if, Oh, what if we did, you know, and it was just everybody who had a piece in it was just like excited to do their part and make it happen. So it was very much just, energy and good solid like enthusiasm that made it happen it's it's been amazing i know i've said that probably five five thousand times but it really i i can't imagine repeating an experience like this just because it was just that one day of this surge of, of excitement and energy and we made we we took it and ran that's that's amazing yeah um uh, in the most recent issue of um, RT Book Reviews, um, there was a whole uh, article about Dreamspun Desires. I and, know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I just I just talked about it on the. On I the know. I watched last week. I'm so excited that you saw it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they uh, they showcase some of the authors uh, coming up. I believe January. There's MJ O'Shea and Shira Anthony. Um, what can readers look forward to in those uh, uh, first couple of months when they, when they subscribe? 
Yeah. Is there um, any, anything, anything you're especially excited about? Yeah, the whole thing. The whole, I, mean, I, I know that sounds crazy and I'm not, I, I swear, I'm not just saying that. I know I sort of have to say that, but I'm not. I'm excited for the experience. I want to get the box in the mail with my paperbacks inside, just like my mom and I used to get our box in the mail from Harlequin. And I want to be able to crack it open and read the books and just, you know, these are the books that are now going to be on my nightstand, you know, and there's just something really empowering about that. Um, we have some amazing authors coming up. I mean, you mentioned MJ and Shira. We have Eli Easton, who I absolutely just seriously, the woman can write a book, you know, love Eli. Andrew Gray has the most, I mean, his title is called The Lone Rancher. And basically it's a cowboy stripper. Stop it. Can't even, like I can't even tell you how amazing. Um, Tara Lane, who is just the, I mean, if anybody in our genre currently writes category romance, I would say Tara is the closest. I mean, she is just an amazing writer and just really knows how to write a romance, you know. Um, we have um, Kate McMurray coming up. We have Nikki Bennett coming up. Ariel Takta coming up. Um, trying to think there's so many coming up that I've already, I've got, um, actually, um, one of our authors was another author that we met at RT who had never written a gay romance, but heard about the idea, wanted to write one too. So we actually have, um, her coming on board in May or June. I think her title is slated to come out. So the energy to this has just been amazing. So we've got some really good stuff and the books I've, of course, I've been reading the books. I've been claiming that I needed to for market research, right? Because, you know, that, that's legit, right? Yeah. So I've been reading yeah, the books. Don't, don't you worry. Um, and they're just, yeah. they're exactly what I remember the Harlequins being, you know, that I used to devour. So. Yeah. Is, do you have, what is, what is your personal favorite trope? Oh, secret baby. Without a doubt. Secret baby. Secret really? Baby. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Don't laugh because right here I have Harlequin. This is a um, this is a suspense, I think, because I like this. Yeah, it's a romantic suspense. Um, baby on the cover, sold. Like, I can't even. What is this? Oh, look, this one was one that I got from RT last year. Um, no, from RWA last year. Baby on the cover. Sold. I mean, these are the books that I, I'm currently reading. I, I, if it's got a baby on the cover, forget about it. It's, it's, it's done. I can't. I, so that's my is thing. Dreams Bun that has a baby on the cover yet? Not yet, but there, it's, it's coming. It's coming. So, <laughs> it, we don't actually have a secret baby yet, but I can. I'll do a, a quick shout out because somebody told me that secret baby could not be done in the gay romance genre. Oh, <laughs> I say. Mary Calmay did it with her book again. Secret Baby, Gay Romance. It's called Again, Mary Calmay. If you don't believe me, there's one that exists. So, <laughs> so there's the challenge for the authors is to do Poppy a Secret <laughs> Baby Dream Spun book. Exactly. Don't you worry, I got it covered. <laughs> those challenges, yeah, the, those challenges, some of those were secret. And it doesn't even have to be Secret Baby. It, it's, um, it can just be there's kids in them. And I, I mean, if you've read my books, you know, as I know some of you may not have, but I write a lot of kids because I have five nephews and a niece who I spend a crazy amount of time with. And so I gather kids stories and I love to write, write kids. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to happen. 
it's going to happen. We already have a we have a nanny book called um, the modest uh, modest miracle. Oh goodness, I'm going to feel bad if I have the wrong 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 title. I think it's the modest miracle, and it's a nanny story. So I already got a little bit of a kid fix. <laughs> That's coming. I think it's May. I think that one's coming out in May. It's Connie Bailey, just to give her a shout out. Love Connie. I miss Connie. <laughs> <laughs> so let's shift over a little bit and talk about Poppy as author for a oh, couple minutes. Let me let me switch my hat here. I got to put my author <laughs> hat on. So I guess the first question would be: Is Poppy writing a dream spun desire? <laughs> Poppy is writing a dream spun desire, but Poppy's title will not be out until 2017. Um, I just, there was no way with the, the turnaround time. Um, and I was also in, I'm in the middle of, I've just started a series and I was already in the middle of that series. So I, I thought I would be nice to my readers and actually finish what I started, but I have already started one. Mine, mine will be called a little inconvenience and guess what it'll have in it? A baby. <laughs> yes, I can't say so a little inconvenience 2017 from Poppy. So there you go. I've said it on camera. Now it has to happen. But yes, uh, um, Elizabeth North and Lynn West, who is the, um, our editor in chief of Dreamspinner, both like glomped me and said, you're writing one. And I was like, OK, OK, I give up. I give up. I'll write one. So well, of course, I have you, you, you kind of birthed the series. You should write a book in it. I know. Well, I wanted to and I, I was ready and willing and able. But, you know, I kind of had to make everybody else's books happen first priority sure. you know you know what do you do but yes I, I do plan on writing one so if i researched correctly your latest is dogwood days correct you want to give us a little uh little lowdown on what that's about sure i i am sort of known for my paranormal books i before this i'd had several paranormal titles out and a couple different series um but I'd always in my like secret heart of hearts wanted to write um, a Southern romance. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm having like, it, you know, it's winter issues. So I'm just going to sip my tea. But so I had always wanted to write a Southern romance. And I'd always wanted to write small town because I grew up very small town Southern. So I knew all the ins and outs. And that's where Dogwood Days came from. I, I found this, this I, well, I created this town called Holly Creek. And Holly Creek is based on sort of a, if you smush together, like the Biltmore side, I don't know if you guys, are you familiar with the Biltmore Estate? Mm -hmm. Ever heard of that? Okay. So the Biltmore Estate is the largest, you know, home in the United States and all, all that 118,000 square feet built by George Vanderbilt in the late 1800s. And I sort of squished that idea into this little town called Hot Springs, North Carolina. And Hot Springs um, used to be a big resort town. Um, they had the, they had what well, it was originally Warm Springs, a little trivia, but then it became Hot Springs because they found one that was hot and it random. <laughs> but what happened in, in Hot Springs was really weird because they had these large hotels that were built to bring in the tourists in the early 1900s, well, late 1800s, early 1900s. And the first one burned down. So they rebuilt it. And it burned down and they rebuilt it and it burned down. And I guess they thought third time, third strike, we're out. So hot springs sort of never became sort of a tourist destination with the hot springs. 
So I wanted to find, I, I wanted to build my small town around that sort of touristy idea. I love the idea of there being sort of a one central resort. Everybody works there. That's very small town. There's normally one big sort of industry in the town and that's where everybody works there or your grandmama does or your aunt does or your cousin did or your, you know, what somebody works there that you know. And so that became Fairwinds for me. Fairwinds is the resort set that that's there and they have hot springs in their own little spa and everything. And Jefferson Lee Davis um, came out of that. He's my small town boy and he has gone away into the world and, and tried to escape the small town, but he couldn't escape because he, his uncle Sherman got hurt and he came back to town and then they weren't going to let him go. They loved him. So it's very charming, very charming and Southern. So it was a very long explanation. Wow. I'm very Gabby tonight. You guys are, you guys are seeing me in rare form. It's the end of the day. I've got my tea. I'm just, I'm just ready to gab. That's great. So what's coming for you in 2016 on the author front? 2016 is going to be a lot of fun for me because Dogwood, so Dogwood Days is the first book in the Holly Creek series. Um, in April, I'm releasing Spring Fever, which is a sort of um, a 1.5 story um, of the Holly Creek world, and it's another Jefferson Lee book. And I'm releasing that sort of in honor of RT, and we'll, it'll sort of be a fun little thing that I can do for readers around RT. And then after that will be Blue Ribbon Roses, which will be the book two in the Holly Creek series. So that, that's sort of what's on the agenda for me for next year. Cool. It's all about Holly Creek. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, Poppy, yeah. Every, every week on the podcast, we try and ask a, a question of the week related to either, you know, writing or, or reading and to, uh, and this week we wanted to ask, since we're uh, uh, nearing the uh, end of the year, we wanted to ask uh, our readers um, what their favorite uh, gay fiction or gay romance title of 2015 has been. And we wanted to ask you, um, what's uh, out of, I mean, I imagine you read a lot. <laughs> what's, a what's your favorite read of 2015? Uh, do I have to just pick one? You can pick well, a few I'm, because I'm not I've got like three or four on my list. So if you <laughs> okay. need a few, you can certainly do it. Well, I just finished Reese Ford's Fish Stick Fridays. And I, first of all, Reese Ford, I would read her grocery list. Like I absolutely <laughs> worship her. She's an amazing writer. Um, so Fish Stick Friday is definitely a favorite of 2015 for me. Um, Jordan L. Hawk had a new Wyborn and Griffin out this year and if you are not a Wyborn and Griffin fan why just just go go read them they are stunning Jordan is an amazing writer um, of course I got to mention a big shout out to Charlie Cochet in the third series she had a couple more books out in the thirds world this year I love those books Dex and Sonner probably in the top five of like favorite gay romance couples of all time for me uh, thinking, thinking. Oh, um, a young adult title um, that we had out this year that I absolutely adored was Mad About the Hatter by Dakota Chase. It's sort of a spin on Alice in Wonderland, Alice's little brother. So that one was great. Uh, okay, I'll stop. I can keep going. I'll stop. Oh, I can do a shout out. The one I'm just, um, I'm rereading again. This isn't gay romance, but a shout out to my friend Carrie Ann Ryan, who, um, 
I love her paranormals and this is the first book in her new series. I've actually had it sitting here. I was, I snuck a few pages in earlier today. I'm rereading it actually, cause this came out earlier this year and the next book in this series will be coming out in February. So I love Carrie Ann shout out Talon pack must read for me. So it's actually, <laughs> it's all bent up because I've, I've used and abused that paperback a little bit. I love it. I love it. Love Carrie Ann. Cool. I think we've added some now some new books to our TBR list now. Yeah. Uh, we'll link up to all those books um, in the show notes for episode twelve, also, so our our listeners can go find those pretty easily. So now we turn the question of the week mantle over to you. What do you want to ask the listeners as question of the week for this episode? I'll be sneaky. I want to know because I want to expand my own reading list. What is your favorite book with kids in it in the gay romance genre? What is your favorite gay romance that has kids? See there, see what I did there? Very sneaky. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even subtle with it at this point. Like I don't even know. I don't even kid around. I'm very, I just made a little pun too. I don't kid around. <laughs> I don't know, at least I think I'm amusing. I, I'm pretty sure I'm not, but yeah, I want to know your favorite books with kids in them because I, I want to read them. I'll have to give that some thought. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. I'll do a shout out to myself. Accidental Alpha, if anybody wants to read a toddler biting a human, turning him into an alpha werewolf. Accidental Alpha, shout out to myself. Hysterical, <laughs> if I do say so myself. Interesting. And we, awesome. Now, when you say kids, just to clarify a little bit, are we talking from toddler to teen or are we looking for something? Any, yeah, kids. I kind of generally like that sort of 10 and under kid range because I think they're funniest then. Like once you hit like that sort of like tween years, they start getting like angsty and, you know, teen pain. I guess if it's not man pain, it's, it's teen pain. But, you know, the little ones are always so funny. Um, and Accidental Alpha actually was inspired by my nephew bit the ever-loving snot out of my sister, like right there in her neck. And she screamed, which made him scream, which made me fall on the floor laughing because I'm evil and I couldn't help it. And so I had to write the, write a book, you know, and make, make the baby a baby werewolf because why not? Why not? Um, so, yeah. Awesome. yeah, you know, so what do you do? But yeah, so I'm always inspired by the kids in my life and, and, you know, I'm surrounded by, you, you guys can't see, but all above me are photos of the kids and, you know, I'm just always inspired by their antics. So. Very cool. So is there anything else you want to tell the listeners about either Dreamspun, Dreamspinner or, or your own work coming? No, I mean, I think we've covered so much. I want to make sure I do want to say though, if they, if you've got questions about Dreamspun Desires, um, it's definitely on the Dreamspinner website, dreamspinnerpress.com. There's a, a link to the series um, in the, or to the categories in the sidebar. And you can read all about the different subscription services. Um, and the links to the first book are actually already available. If somebody wanted to sort of dip their toes in and try um, MJ's title without making the subscription commitment, um, that book is also available for folks who wanted to give it a try. So I think I think that's that's sort of the only thing I would would say to add is just you know dip your toes into the category world and see what you think. You know it may it, it may surprise some folks that they actually really like it. Yeah, we're certainly looking forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to that first box coming in the mail. Me too. Me too. There will be photos on like Pinterest and Twitter and everywhere. There will be like un unpackaging and. 
you know. Yeah, I'm sure they'll they'll show up in the first podcast after we uh, get the box. Yeah. And he'll be here going, look, yeah. it's here. You know what we need to do? Here's what we need to do. When our boxes come in the mail, we need to like arrange like a, a box opening session and we'll record it so you can see the ridiculousness of us opening our boxes for, for our titles because really – I get I get so excited over getting boxes of books in the mail. I mean, it's my favorite, you know. Like, I just I just want to get there and have it in my hand, and like I'm sure I'll be like opening it with somebody present, so I can like just act like a goon and be like silly and happy, and like immediately like then be rude and open the first book and start reading because you know. <laughs> if you want to have a box opening party, just let us know. We'll try. I think we should. I think we, we should. Can definitely do that and put that in the podcast. <laughs> I definitely think that we should. And I think we should invite readers and say anybody who's getting that paperback subscription, you know, give them a link to come in and join a hangout and we can do a box opening. I think that would be so much fun. We could completely do that because I mean, a, a hangout I think can only hold 10, but we could certainly invite eight other people along for the ride. Absolutely. I think we should. I, I've got some folks in mind that I know have already, I, I, I honestly started getting emails that were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. I just ordered the paperback subscription. Like for people who have been diehard ebook readers, but they couldn't resist the urge of the, the old school getting the box of books in the mail. Well, we'll put it out. Obviously, it's going to be part of our interview. And if you want to invite some people, I, I say we make that happen. I don't know if Dreams Winner can coordinate getting our books all to us at the exact same moment. But. Probably not the exact same moment. We'll have to try to resist to open it for a couple of days. But I think I might be able to manage, you know, given a waiting a couple of days. So, but it'll probably be right around New Year's because that's they'll they'll be shipping out, you know, right around the New Year. So we'll have to we'll have to coordinate. Yeah, everybody leave a message on Jeff's Facebook wall when your box arrives so we can <laughs> see what I did there. So very sneaky, very sneaky. Yeah, leave, leave a note and we'll do it. So Awesome. Well, Poppy, thank you so much. It's been a blast having you. Oh, thank you. Anytime, guys. I really enjoy it. I'm happy to come back anytime. So we had a blast interviewing Poppy, and I know you for sure were just excited to get your books, which if the post office cooperates, you may get this week, mm -hmm. which will be really exciting. So Poppy asked this week's question. She is looking for, what is your favorite gay romance that has kids in it? I had to struggle with that one a little bit, and then remembered the 1999 book, uh, Breakfast with Scott, uh, by Michael Downing. This is set in Massachusetts, and you've got a chiropractor named Sam, and his boyfriend and partner at the time, Ed, who's the editor of an art magazine, and they end up being guardian to Sam's brother's ex-girlfriend's son. How's that for a twisty-turny way to end up with somebody? But yeah, uh, she felt that uh, Sam would be the best guardian for her son. Um, Scott is a very unique child. He's uh, flamboyant. He likes eyeliner. He likes to play dress-up. It really messes with the guy's lives. Um, ending up with this 10-year-old in their life. It's a really sweet book. It's funny. It's poignant. Uh, it was a great read. It did become a movie in 2007, and they tweaked it a lot because Sam managed to become an ex-Toronto Maple Leaf turned sportscaster, moved the whole thing up to Toronto. Um, the young man who played Scott in the movie was really good, though. Uh, but I recommend the book over the movie, so check that out. That's my pick um, for Poppy's answer. I... Uh... Yeah, I I had a hard time coming up with something. I had to go to my bookshelf and and look at 
what I've read in the past. The only thing that I could come up with that was kind of close was Natural Disaster by Chris Owen. It's a bit of a cheat because it has a teenager, not a kid. Um, uh, Natural Disaster is the sequel to the, I would consider it seminal gay romance, uh, Bareback, mm. which came out in 2003. This is the continuing story of Jake and Tor, and it mainly revolves around Jake becoming the guardian of his nephew. Um, from what I, it's been a long time, frankly, since I've read the book, but what I really remember enjoying was the, the camaraderie isn't the right word, the... I don't know, the, 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 the family dyna dynamics that are explored between uh, the, two, the two men who are um, pretty, pretty, still pretty new in their relationship, uh, and then they have, you know, this teenager to deal with. I thought it was um, sweet, and it dealt with the issues in a really uh, interesting way. Um, one ca caveat is that it does have um, the dead 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 girl or dead wife syndrome um that happens mm. whenever there's a kid in a gay book usually that means there's a dead mom or a dead wife or something <laughs> <laughs> so yeah jake's sister dies and so he ends up taking care of his nephew um so yeah uh but i yeah this one is uh one that i highly recommend i really enjoyed it Excellent. so if if this is a tough one. I, I think it is. <laughs> I don't know, Poppy. I'm not sure if you're going to get many responses to this question. Um, if you have a favorite book that involves a cute kid, <laughs> please drop us a line um, <laughs> and, and expand on our meager, meager list of titles. Um, now, you can answer in uh, one of several ways you can tweet us at big gay fiction uh or leave us a comment on this episode's entry at our facebook page facebook.com slash big gay fiction podcast you can also leave it in the comments for this episode on youtube or on our website at big gay fiction podcast.com and of course last but not least you can always email us your answer at jeff and will at BigGayFictionPodcast.com. And while you're writing, feel free to suggest a new question of the week. Absolutely. I'm yeah. curious to see what people come back at with this. Yeah. I've got one that I could add that's much more current, um, but I'm curious to see. I suspect it'll come up in a couple people's lists, so I won't talk about it just now. Oh, intriguing. Yes. Okay. Um, so that'll do it for this week. Um, thanks again to Poppy for dropping by. And uh, we'll see uh, how Will reacts when his Dream Spun Desire books come, hopefully, this week. I'm sure will, if he gets them this week, they'll be on the podcast next week. Yes. Almost for sure. We wish everybody a happy New Year. Uh, have a happy and safe New Year's Eve out there. And we'll see you back here next week. I uh, do want to remind you, of course, that you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, and YouTube. And, of course, we would love your reviews on any of those channels to help us maintain some visibility there. You can always leave us comments at any of those places that we mentioned earlier or at our website, once again, at BigGateFictionPodcast.com. And you can also sign up there for our monthly newsletter. 
And of course, we love emails. So you can always drop us a line at Jeff and Will at BigGayFictionPodcast.com. So that does it for us and does it for our podcast for 2015. And we'll see you back here next week. And I'll see you in 2016. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you for listening to Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. For detailed show notes, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. <laughs>